With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts, where I'm immediately handing it over to my co-host uh, to run point on the show because... I am very tired. Uh, again, this might be the last week we don't have Joe. I don't know. Joe's, uh, for all I know right now, Joe is heating up a, a can of beans over over a, a fire that's made out of newspapers and, and broken broomsticks, uh, you know, in a hobo camp. I think uh, that that's quite possible. Maybe he's, uh, you know, he's doing that in Alaska, you know, preparing for the Iditarod. He's going to be racing some... Uh, some dogs but Is you know coming up? I, I don't know i just sort of thought you know going with the the whole vibe of you know sitting around a fire he's you know this big burly man and you know it's winter's coming you know before we know it and i wonder how joe yeah. would look with a beard i don't know if he could pull it off i don't think so either and maybe that's part of the reason why he secretly resents me but you know we don't we don't have to, we don't have to talk about that you could pull off a beard yeah it, the beard part like it's like I was like in my early 20s I'm like you know yeah is this ever gonna fully grow in and now it fully grows in and it's like oh I feel I kind of feel for Sidney Crosby like when he tries to grow a mustache during the playoffs because I just look yeah. at my face and go is this gonna grow in like anytime soon but like Mike said welcome to uh bantering the blue shirts and yeah, I Tom's am Tom's running point because I'm dead inside today so Tom Tom will be running the show and I'll just be chiming in here and there go ahead Tom do do the thing so, you know, happy to be here with Mike as always, uh, you know, sort of filling in for Joe. And, uh, you know, this is uh, an interesting time in, in uh, Rangerstown. Uh, we got the news. Actually, I had got it once I got to my driveway that the Rangers made some moves. They have uh, called up Philip Heedle from Hartford, something that we've been clamoring for based on how well he's played. And as you know from the last show that Mike did uh, with Kevin, where he was sort of talking about, you know, all things uh, Wolfpack. And also they brought up Ryan Lindgren, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, not so much that it's having a new defender in the mix but you know that he's the the first man up so um to you mike i say i guess this sort of means that mika zibanejad may not be playing anytime soon or it's a precaution or what's your your initial thoughts on that well what we know about mika is that he's day-to-day and it's an upper body injury Uh, the rangers have made it clear that they don't think it's a concussion um, no, I think it was uh, Brett Sagrelis. I, I can never say his name right. How do you say his name? It's one of those names you read, but you don't say. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, I just look at it. It's Brett C. And I sort yeah, of, like, when I'm trying to find his Twitter, like, trying to spell it correctly. So it's Apologies, Brett, C- Brett, in case this gets to you somehow. But uh, he does good work with the Post. And, you know, he had reported he talked to Quinn. Um, and it was the Rangers' general, you know, they, they don't believe it's a concussion, which is obviously one of the first things you might have concerns about when it comes to Mika Zibanejad, given his injury history. And it was just a kind of a, what would you call it, Tom, like a reverse hit? 
by Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, it was a reverse hit where you could see Bergeron going for the puck, and it's sort of his momentum was still going in that direction. So instead of sort of hitting him straight on, he sort of moves up a little bit. And my initial reaction was he sort of like hits Zibanejad on the jaw. So the fact that they've ruled out a concussion, I'm wondering if it's a soreness. Um, I wonder if the next time that he's on the ice, if he'll be wearing, you know, that sort of like Derek Stepan cage that he that was, you oh, know, yeah. wore in the playoffs after he had his, you know, you know, incident with Brandon Prust. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not the greatest news. Like obviously, it's not a concussion. That's something that, like you said, given his history, that you 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 worry about. But if there's anything, yes, Heedle is going to help in the interim. But watching that game last night, it's just when Zabanajet is out of the lineup. Man, yeah. that that center depth is 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 non-existent pretty much. Yeah, it looked it was one of those things we all knew heading into the season the injury the Rangers could most likely, you know, it's the worst case scenario is an injury to Zibanejad just because you know, what happens when you lose Panarin? Well, you know, the offense will lose its teeth, but there are wingers there and the problem with losing Zibanejad is that it throws everything we know about the lineup, even though I think for the most part the lineup's been, you know, a goddamn mess, um, you know. In terms Understatement of, of the year. Yeah, in terms of combinations and everything, but when you take Zibanejad out, it's like, I don't know, it's like taking out a, you know, a load-bearing wall in a house, you know what I mean? It's, all of a sudden it's, alright, well, is our top-line center Ryan Strom now? And, you know, you kind of have to sort things out from there and needless to say it's you know the silver lining here is that it was a very good excuse to bring up Filipino who frankly you know deserved the call up before this happened with Mika Zibanejad and you know Filipino has just been you know talked about a lot with Kevin last week on the show Hedl's just been exactly what you want him to do at the HL level it's nine points in nine games uh, last I looked and you know, it's just been the guy who's really been the catalyst for the offense there. Um, and it's richly deserved the call-up, and it's just what the doctor ordered, I think, for Heedle, because he apparently took things, uh, you know, in stride and had, you know, a, had a great response to it. And, you know, I think, you know, it just occurred to me, Tom, the other thing we can talk about is uh, Krabstock. Vitaly, yeah. Yeah, because that was... Ah, boy... I know Rangers fans have had very strong reactions to this news. Um, you know, there's been a lot of a lot said about you know some people are you know already like oh well you know that's he's never going to be in the NHL. A lot of you know obviously it's hyperbole. The thing that I take away from this, you know, especially because there's the interview in Russian and everything where Kravtsov, you know, kind of spoke bluntly about how he felt about everything. Um, my biggest takeaway from everything that happened with Kravstov, Tom, is it's a real shame. I do find it hard to criticize the Wolfpack coaching staff based on Hartford's success as a team. Totally. And based on, you know, the the instinct to reward and put Heedle in a position to succeed. The, they've put Joey Keane in a similar position, and I think that does that does deserve recognition here, especially because we're talking about, 
a player who maybe felt slighted by the organization in Kravstov, who of course is a massive part of this team's future. And maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that he's going to have another season in Russia, Tom. It just, I think most most people love the idea of, you know, I think today I went for a long walk and I was listening to uh, 31 Thoughts podcast, which I know you also listen to religiously and I was listening to episode early uh, on the season where, you know, it was the media tour at the beginning of the season, they interviewed Hank and, you know, I think it was Jeff Merrick saying, you know, Kravstov will be, you know, in the lineup this season and, uh, you know, the top line of Zibanejad, Panarin and Kako and, you know, not, neither of those things really happened. So, having Kravstov not in North America definitely sucks. It just, it's a matter of making sure we put that into context like this isn't the end of the world um you know he's going to a team in tractor uh who has actually a couple of former rangers there uh christian thomas being one of them i think dimitri clinton who i didn't know was still playing was the other one uh but you know he has an opportunity to really be a featured weapon there and get a ton of ice time and maybe that's what's going to be best for him you know we've seen players take that route before and it's I think, generally speaking, most most people would agree it's not the most desirable outcome. Uh, but the Rangers did, you know, part of what they did with Hartford, Tom, is they they added so many kind of uh, journeymen and these experienced, established AHL level players that the coaching staff, when they they chose to sit to sit Vitaly Kravtsov, like after that first game, and give him a bit of a wake up call, you know, they could. They could get away with it because they have the depth now. That just wasn't the case last year. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of... I had a lot of feelings about uh, the news when I sort of heard it. Um, and there's really a lot to unpack. If if people ha- don't already follow her on Twitter, um, Jillian Kemmerer, um, when, once this podcast goes live, we can put the actual at handle somewhere in uh, you know the description just because there's a lot of letters um she had she's a khl reporter she had translated a couple of things regarding Kraftsoff and sort of the issue at hand it it comes down to this concept of effort and sort of Kraftsoff allegedly being told that he was not hitting his target rate of uh, 180 beats per minutes and you know he was not he was being told it was lack of effort and why he was benched um so one of the interesting things that i saw she tweeted this uh on the 27th so yesterday two days ago if you're listening to this when it goes live so she had reached out to one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in the khl steve nightingale to give his opinions and she uh posted this so I've heard so many examples of coaches using heart rate numbers as a guide for how hard players are working, but it's flawed logic just to use an arbitrary number for a whole team. The more fit a player it is, the lower their rest or heart rate is, and consequently they could be doing the same workload at a lower heart rate. So if this guy was doing the same workload as everyone else, but at a heart rate 20 beats per minute lower, this would, of course, mean he's fitter than others. Of course, I don't know the situation. Maybe the number they gave him was based on a percentage of maximum heart rate determined in a preseason test. So basically, this is a lot of ways to say um, there's things that we don't know. 
I would hope as time goes on, we get some sort of clarification on what was going on. So at least that this kid's name can be cleared because as you had said, there were a lot of fans like, oh, he's a bust or, oh, he's going to the KHL. He's never to come back. Um, I think the interesting thing that people may not realize is that he signed a three-year entry-level contract. This was the only year in his contract where he had this um, escape clause. So he's exercising that right, which was bargained for with him, his representation, and the Rangers. So I don't think this is a situation of, oh, he left, he's not going to come back. Oh, you know, he's spoiled. He's, you know, thinking that he's better and all that that stuff. Um, I'll be interested to see how he plays back in the KHL. Again, we, we talk about, you know, yes, these are professional athletes, but he's 19 years old. We've seen in recent years a lot of Russian players not come over until their 20s, whether it be, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko at age 21, or unfortunately he's out for the next five months. Um, Buchnevich came over at, at 21. And even in more extreme cases where you have Nikita Gusev, who's he's now in his first NHL season, despite being drafted, you know, way back in 2012. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to tell people how to feel about Kravtsov. I know people are going to be frustrated about Hartford and, you know, was he not treated right? Um, but I want to learn some more information first before I go up, get rid of everyone, fire everyone, you know, this fucking sucks and all, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think we'll learn more as time goes on. And I don't think it's a skill level with him. Maybe it's just something that we honestly don't know. All I know is that science has failed us again, Tom. You, you have you, you trust in math and science, and look what happens to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's I, I'm How really. How long have we been trying to clone the mammoth? Science failed there too. Just the worst, Tom. It's the worst. So, and also Hartford news. Uh, unless you have any other thoughts on, on crafts do you think off. We should, do you think we should clone the mammoth, Tom? Is it ethical to clone the mammoth? I don't think so. I I don't. I think that it's. Uh, See, I say fuck it. Just do it. I'm I mean, also on board with like terraforming Mars. People are like, is that ethical? And my response to that is, fuck yourself. Terraform Mars. Do it. We got to get to Mars first, which. Oh, we'll get there in like a week. Give Elon Musk a couple months. We'll be there. We'll be fine. I told you, folks, I'm a mess today. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta let let the people breathe and, and I'm, uh, punch drunk today. Yeah, all I can think about now is is mammoths roaming a forested Mars. That's what I want. Mammoths roaming forests in Mars. That's what interesting. What were you saying about Hartford before I completely derailed the show for no reason? No, don't worry about it. It's cool. The only thing I was gonna say is I wanted to talk about unless you had anything else, you know, regarding Kravtsov, any other thoughts. I was I would say we should move on to the other player that was recalled from Hartford today. Uh, uh, yeah, Ryan only, Lindgren. The only thing I'll tack on with you know and specifically to uh, Vitali and you know going to the KHL. I think I, I think I did mention he's going to Tractor. Uh, I think it's Tractor Chelyabinsk, mm-hmm. um, which has a hysterical logo of a polar bear. It's bo- it seems to be both biting a hockey stick in half and snapping it in half with its jaws. I don't know what's happening there. Uh, but it is one of those logos that looks like it was made 
or grab from like you know a 1998 CompuServe CD. Are you are you too young to know the the CD-ROM of of clip art, Tom? Nope, I I, I do remember that. I have a ton of floppy disks that I actually just recently recycled for uh, going through some old shit at work, and I'm like, wow, this is uh science failed us again. Um, yeah, it's uh, the thing I wanted to mention with tractors. They are when I checked, kind of a middling team. Um, I think is it. Uh, I might get his name wrong. A former CBJ player, uh, Lucas Sedlak, or Sedlak. Yep, uh, that's him. Uh, he's their top line center at the moment, and uh, you know, beyond that, they don't really have a bunch. I think Christian Thomas is actually one of their kind of better players. Uh, I think most Rangers fans will remember him as a former second round pick. I think 2010, um, and then you know, a guy who kind of couldn't get, get out of the AHL. And looking at that, it's like, okay, well, Kravtsov entering that environment, I think, will be a good thing because he will become the playmaker there. Uh, it's just, it's hard to imagine a scenario where he isn't that. Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be a period of adjustment, but we can keep an eye on what his ice time looks like there, and I'm sure the Rangers will be watching very, very closely. And like you said, I just want to know more. Uh, I want to understand more about what happened and... You know, it's. I would not put this on Knobloch. I, you know, I would definitely hesitate to do that. I'd hesitate to put it on, you know, the the organization in terms of how they chose to, you know, put together the roster. Because like, back, you know, back in training camp, even when Kravtsov looked as great as he did in preseason, and I really do think he had a great preseason, it, it was hard to pencil him into the lineup, knowing that. You know, and this was even while uh, uh, Brendan Lemieux was a holdout. Like it was just hard to imagine him fitting in, just because there was the Rangers just had so many forwards, and the opportunity of like, well, do you want him on the third line in the NHL or do you want him on the first line in the AHL? And of course, that's not what happened. But I, I don't panic about this, and I think the I'll tell you this, Tom, if. If Capo Caco wasn't here, I think we would be freaking out about this a lot more. Oh yeah, totally. That's the other thing. Like it's what's interesting is while we all are sort of I wouldn't I wouldn't say concerned, we're just sort of um what's the way to, to say it in terms of Caco disappointed? Like, or or oh with Caco even? Well like sort of like it's sort of lost in the shuffle, like everyone was sort of focused on how Kraftsoff is leaving and how it's sort of a disappointment. It's sort of at least momentarily um, was a distraction from from the fact of, you know, Caco not getting off to the to the greatest start and him not getting a ton of ice time. Um, so it, it's I guess well, that, also, that also helps put things into perspective, especially with the sort of ice time Kravtsov might have seen, because a prospect who, by all accounts, should just have come out of the gate with, you know, with a foot full of ass that he's been kicking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, he's had kind of, I would say, like a pretty modest start. And that's, honestly, it's fine. You know, he had a great move. Um, I forget what it was. Was it against Boston or was it the uh, the other game the game before where against he, the Sabres yeah the Sabres where he made a great move and he hit the post and it was yep. just like one of those ah crap but it's the big thing of course with with Capo Caco at this point is the ice time and the points are going to come like you watch him play and you see it it's going to get there it just 
there's also the matter, which I think is a pretty significant one, that, you know, frankly, the Rangers don't have a lot of guys to play him with that are going to help him if he's not on the top line or not in the top two lines often. So that is that is a big part of this. Um, and I think it's something that needs to be addressed and it, we need to keep that in mind when we, you know, kind of evaluate what his first month in the NHL looks like. Yeah, if I were to channel sort of the the the, the persona of former uh, you know podcast guest uh, Nick Mercadante, the Rangers right now are sort of like this pizza crust, but they just haven't wow. or the, they ha- just haven't added the yeast yet, so it just hasn't started to rise and grow. It's right now it's all of these different components just sort of you know combining in, in the bowl, but you got to add the yeast and let it grow and let it you know do all the things that. You know, dough does before it becomes pizza crust. This this has been a very sciencey podcast. I, I don't like it. And on science related news. Look at you doing so much work, Tom, and I'm giving you fucking nothing. <laughs> you're 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 giving me someone to talk to, which is always always good uh, for me. Tom, you're such a good guy. Ryan Lindgren is back. He uh Is he though? <laughs> Well, I mean, we sort of said the same thing about Lieber Hayek. You know, he was back, but yeah, I, I, it's it was interesting. Like the timing of this call up, um, because it, it was interesting. I think it was it was either late uh, last night or early this morning. Like Larry Brooks posted something. It was like sort of looking back on the Bruins game, um, which was yeah, you know, you go up one nothing from Michael Halley, and then. Shit gets crazy. Hank gets bumped, and all of, all of that fun stuff. And yeah, got real they, crazy in a hurry. Yeah, they storm the castle late, and they still lose. You know, whatever. And he's talking about yeah, it's been a couple of games for Lieber Hayek, and yeah, he's looked, you know, okay. But then, like, I look at the numbers, and he's at the bottom for expected goals for percentage. He's at the bottom for you know Corsi for percentage. Um, and it's like, yeah, maybe He's the right playing primarily with, uh, Truba. Truba. Yeah. And that he- was the, I was, I think I, I might've mentioned it to Kevin. Like, I know I mentioned it to, to one of my brothers, which is, you know, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that, you know, let's say 10 games, nine games of the season, Tom, that the most common defensive pair, uh, you know, for the Rangers, the most, the most frequent partner for Truba was Libor Hayek. I really wouldn't have believed you. Um, but maybe that's kind of teaches us a lesson about, especially with his defense, is to expect expect the unexpected, right? Well, yeah, and not to sort of, you know, to give away a topic we're going to talk about, you know, a little later, but, like, didn't we sort of assume the, the same with, oh, we signed Ch- Kevin Shattenkirk, he's going to play with Ryan McDonough. So I guess yeah. what we, we think is going to happen and what ends up happening, there's usually, like, this chasm in between. and uh, Chasm, it's a good word, yeah. Tom. Well, thank you. It's uh, yeah. When I I, I have an article that's going to go up when this podcast goes up on the same day, so it'll be going up on Tuesday, where I kind of look at, you know, it's it's only been ten games for Tampa, but McDonough and Chattenkirk have played more ice time together in Tampa in ten games than they did when they were with the Rangers at five on five. 
when they were together. no way you could have seen it happening it's just yeah. preposterous <laughs> right it's uh i think they had 41 games together you know because uh, obviously mcdonough got traded that season <laughs> but uh it you look at it and then you know i not to go off on a tangent but you know i i took a look at what shattenkirk's numbers look like in tampa and you know you and i i know we're some of the more outspoken people on staff about how uh, it just didn't make sense to buy mm-hmm. a Shattenkirk to us, and it's one of those things. I look at his success so far, and even if you remove the goals, like let's say instead of four goals, Shattenkirk has zero goals, mm-hmm. he would still be a tremendous success for Tampa, considering the fact that he's the most frequent partner for Hedman. Mm-hmm. Uh, his expected goals for percentage is the best on the blue line there. Uh, he leads the team, the team's defense and primary points at even strength among D. Like he leads the de- the defense and shots on goal. He like, and this a lot of this a lot of these stats are just five on five by the way. And you know he he's not even on the top power play unit because you know Tampa has four forwards and Victor Hedman. They and you know the second unit I believe is just Sergachev and Shaddy at the point, mm. and then you have uh, Tyler Johnson and Yanni Gord and kind of a rotating uh, third forward, but. It's you look at the scenario he's in there, and you look at his numbers last season with the Rangers, and it just it just makes me disappointed in asset management, which I guess kind of ties into you know some of this bigger issue stuff. Although this is the more macro stuff in, in regards to general manager decisions, as opposed to the micro level of you know the coaching staff and finding ice time for a guy like Capo Caco. But you know the, I think there's definitely also something to be said about. The players who are in place to help a guy like Capo Caco. I was just checking Tom on, on Natural Stat Trick, and you know it's it's uh, it's very interesting to me that you know 15 and a half minutes is all the ice time Capo Caco has had with Zibanejad, Um, You know versus 41 minutes with Ryan Strom, and yeah. like you look at that and you say, okay, well. You know, is this just a, an issue of the Rangers' center depth? And then, you know, his most frequent line mate has been Kreider. And then after Kreider, it's Brett Howden, um, which which also, to me, you know, s- says a lot about where the Rangers are. I think, I think a lot of people end up overlooking Brett Howden and, you know, kind of forgetting the fact that this is, you know, a really young player that, you know, is developing and... You know, he, for whatever reason, has gotten a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of leash and a lot of breaks that don't seem to apply to guys like Hedl, and that can be super frustrating, um, especially because, you know, underlying numbers on Howden are what they are, but I, I look at all this, and I just say, it's, like, I know the Rangers' big thing before the season was, uh, you know, the kid from Stranger Things, uh, Gaten, I forget his last name. Gaten M. It's like Matt Cesaro or something. It's Manus, yeah. It's an Italian sound name. Anyway, Stranger Things kid is saying, you know, don't call this a rebuild. Call it a build. And no, this is a rebuild, Tom. Uh, this this team is. It has a lot of gaping holes, and a lot of those gaping holes have like their seeds planted with young players like Libor Hayek, like Brett Howden, you know, like Capo Caco. But they're gonna take time. It's going to take time. This is not a playoff team this year, and you know it might be a stretch to assume that they'll be in that position next year. What matters now for this team is, especially in in you know in the wake of watching 
Kravstov uh, head back to Russia is getting you know the development as the priority this team shouldn't focus too much about winning games it should focus about you know if it's gonna lose lose with your kids like lose and learn how to develop the kids it's obviously not the best thing in the world to throw them out to the lions every night but there's been a lot of bizarre asset management decisions like i still don't understand the vlad domestikov decision drives me insane uh, honestly sometimes thinking about this the wasted opportunity to you know recoup more assets out of nemestikov when his stock was as high as it was and you know, we look at where the Rangers are now, and it's, you know, it, trying to find a silver lining with the Heedle call-up. I just hope that we get to see Heedle put in a position that he deserves to be in after kicking butts and taking names in Hartford. Yeah, and what I would say, just sort of on the the broader sense of it's not a rebuild, it's a build, and, you know, development of players, it's a long season, 82 games to be exact unless you make the playoffs and then you get some more but in the Rangers case that's not going to happen um, I expected there to be tweaks and machinations and all of this wild and you know kooky stuff to happen over an 82 game season what I didn't expect is to be so much you know tweaking and chicanery between like the game to games where it's okay we, we did this in game five. Okay, we're going to do this in game six. I would have expected, all right, from game one to game seven, we're going to do this unless there's a major injury or, you know, someone is, you know, doing the wrong thing um, and they have to get taken out of the lineup like we saw at times last year with D'Angelo. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons why the Rangers defensively have been so bad over the last few years have been lack of consistency outside of maybe one pairing and consistency not in level of play but consistency in terms of minutes and defense is a position where it's not like when you're playing forward okay if you're a wing this is your responsibility or center this is your responsibility when you're a defenseman, it's you and your partner. And if you're like the Rangers and have a number of guys who can jump up in the rush and you know they're going to get involved offensively, their partner is going to have to cover for them. And it's sort of it's it's an element of trust. Like, okay, he's sort of coming back into the play. Does he have enough time to get into his spot so that I can go back into my spot? Um, and if you don't give players an opportunity to actually play with someone not one game not two game not three game not four game just you know consistently um you're gonna have these issues and i i think some of it is it's interesting how they how they decide to go about things um you know i don't want to get all I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but just sort of if you look at some of the moves they've made over the years and how they've sort of done things, um, you know, they buy out Dan Girardi as opposed to Mark Stahl. They were both pretty bad players towards the end, more so Stahl now. Um, but Stahl was someone they drafted. Girardi was someone they found as a free agent. Um, you know, Brett Howden, Philip Heedle, Heedle's someone that they... They drafted Howden as someone who they traded for. So 
is there this you know this cost element to it well we gave up these assets we're going to make we do everything in our power to give this person a chance to succeed so that our investment wasn't wasted where they can just go oh here's a prospect we drafted let's let them marinate a little more um but I've seen a lot of people talk also about like, oh, well, why are you guys getting too worked up for? This is going to be a super amazing draft. They can grab another talent. Um, if the Rangers are in the lottery again, you know, at, at the, the upcoming draft, this season would have been a failure in the sense of unless they somehow move up a whole bunch of spots and they luck into a pick, that's some completely different. But you don't want to be one of the three worst teams in the league. This is the year that you assess, okay, we added Panarin, we added Truba, um, you know, we need to find out who are the guys that we're going with forward, who are the guys that are going to be a part of this team when we're ready to be a playoff contender, you know, it's not to... What the to hell do we do with Chris Kreider? Exactly, and, you know, is Brady Shea someone that we want to keep around, you know, before, you know, his, you know, trade protection what kicks in? sweet little Jesper Fast, Tom? Exactly. There's all these decisions that layer on top of each other, but they're not in a position to be making them because right now it's, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and... Um, First line winger, yes, but fast. Yeah, exactly, which, you know, I fast is played better just, you know, overall than um, he ever gets credit for. Like, I don't think he should ever be a consistent top six winger, but he does bring value. But the problem is you have so many guys like him in the lineup um yeah but you know what fast inspires you oh yeah you look at him out there and he's uh i don't know who wins in the i was gonna say he's like a mongoose fighting at cobra but i don't know who wins that fight more often i think mongoose or mongoose mongooses i think they're immune to snake venom so is it really that impressive but i think they got that as a they got jacked up for eons and eons and eventually they became immune so is Jesper's boss the mongoose in this analogy? Yeah, who's the underdog? Is it the snake or the mongoose, Tom? I would say, I mean, the, the snake is, It's. I guess it depends. Yeah, Where, it really does. Like a mongoose is essentially just a, a weasel. So it'll be able to bite and grab and scratch. And the snake's got one weapon. He just got his mouth. And what's the what's the environment they're in? Like how much space does the snake have to coil back and extend yeah. forward? I would just you, say they're in India, you know, just... <laughs> You know, it's uh, some tall grass in a field. So plenty of room. The snake's got plenty of room to do his thing. Mongoose has got time. But I don't... I, I know that they're like... You know, it's they're, they're mortal enemies. You know, it's just... That's all they do. It's like anteaters and ants. Although that's pretty one-sided. You know. There you go. He's the ant that essentially... Yes, for fast is the ant that looks at the anteater and is like... Honestly, fuck yourself. This is, <laughs> this is my colony. You know... You're a prick, just like those grasshoppers that tried to steal all the uh, the seeds from from ants in the movie Ants. Or was that Bugs Life? I mixed those up. Nope, ants. And it's there's an interesting story that goes behind that where ants was sort of, um, uh, I think it was DreamWorks's response to a Bugs Life, and it, they were sort of trying to steal some of the thunder of Pixar and. Uh, it was pretty, like, you know, uh, interesting that both those movies came out around the same time. Um, but, yeah. I like a Bugs... I like... I like the one that is... has the fat caterpillar more. That's that's the one I like. So I think I like Bugs Life. Bugs Life. 
then they're the, the the circus bugs. That's right, they're circus bugs. It's like I want to be a beautiful butterfly. Yeah. See, wow, that was pretty good, Tom. Oh, I don't know if we are supposed to pause for an ad in the show, Tom, but let's just go ahead and do that right about now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wow, what a great ad, or uh, a couple seconds of silence, whichever it was. Dealer's choice. I guess you won't know until uh, this goes live. Yeah, because Joe does the back-end stuff, so if, if Joe's on top of the ball, then uh, maybe there'll be an ad there. If not, he'll have made you and I look like assholes. Well, I- <laughs> it's on, on brand for him. Yes, exactly. I'm glad you were the one to say it and not I, but, you know. It's out there. Another good animal rivalry, Tom. The giant squid and the sperm whale. Who's the underdog there? I, oh, think, it's a, it, I think the it's squid. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, and massive so, size advantage. We'll say yes for fast is the giant squid. That, that, like, puts his suction cup right on the sperm whale's eye, and he's just like, hey, hey, like them apples. Neither of us have even seen an apple. We're, we're deep-sea creatures. So I feel like we've talked about, you know, a couple of different things, you know, thus far. More animal um, talk is what I think the podcast needs, but you, you, you're you running the show, you bring us to whatever waters you wish. So we briefly talked about it, and I think it's sort of a good topic to end on just because it's the the next game that the Rangers are going to play. Yeah. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk's coming back to Madison Square Garden. Um, like you had said, mm-hmm. he's playing very well for Tampa. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of reception he gets. Um, do you think he's going to get a video tribute? Uh, Jesus. He's only it, here two seasons. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's a thing where he gets, like, the the picture of him in the jersey up on the scoreboard and they sort of, like, in between, like, uh, a face-off or something or Maybe a TV a timeout. timeout. Yeah. yeah, like, I- I'm interested to see, like... I think they both realized that it didn't end the way that they wanted it to, and it might as well not draw extra attention and give fans the opportunity to boo, um, because I think there will be fans who will boo, even though it's you know um, it's not his fault. Um, but how do you, what do you think the reception is going to be like? Um, It's very different from Dan Girardi because Dan Girardi put in so many years and he was such a popular player. Shattenkirk, I think, is a player who became very polarizing. There were the fans who really loved him, loved the story, and there were the fans who couldn't help but have the you know the typical New York Ranger fan reaction to a big ticket free agent who you know doesn't maybe live up to expectations. And you know he was called you know. I know a lot of people who went after him thought he was overpaid despite the fact that he left m- millions on the table and despite the fact that of course he played with a dislocated kneecap and you know it's I would hope that the garden is warm in its reception to him um, but I'm, I'm imagining it'll be a mix towards ambivalent um, you know he is 
the strangest thing about reflecting on where this team is right now to me, Tom, is how much of an afterthought the Kevin Shattenkirk situation was in the offseason just because of all the other shit that happened. You have the second overall pick. You land Panarin free agency. You trade and sign for Jacob Truba. You know, you have these, like, crazy things happen in the offseason and... You know, it's it's almost like like remember the Rangers also traded Jimmy Vesey. You know, we just played that guy, and it's like, oh yeah, that also happened, and that's kind of you know, it, ranking a little above that in importance, mm-hmm. of course, in, in terms right. of relevance for Rangers fans is the Shattenkirk buyout because that was it was seen as this. You know, I think in my article I call it like, you know, like a necessary amputation in terms of what the salary cap situation was for the Rangers, and I chose that like that turn of phrase you know you know intentionally just because it looked to me like the rangers were like oh this sucks uh we got to do it though like we don't have a choice here we have to cut here and the thing that i think frustrated you and me and many others was that it was it was definitely not the only option uh and you know having six million in dead cap space uh next season is you know it's something that is going to be something they have to deal with and looking at the roster and you know it'll definitely impact what they can do with Chris Kreider amongst other things but you know the just what they gave up Nemestikov for after having him on the roster and you know why didn't they make that move sooner might that have changed what they could do with Shattenkirk who the hell knows why not stall who the hell knows and you know I know there are plenty of people who might point out you know the Rangers have D'Angelo, they have Fox, they have Truba. Did we really need another th- the fourth puck-moving right-handed D? And my answer to that is, seeing what the defense is this season, Tom, I would take I would take Evan Shattenkirk playing the left side in a heartbeat, um, especially if it meant you know taking some pressure off of a guy like Lieber Hayek and you know kind of helping. You know, a smoother transition away from the Mark Stahl era, and uh, we just—it's not what we got to see. We, what we're getting is the defense we have, which of course is flawed uh, to the point where you know they're calling up Ryan Lindgren, and Lindgren is one of those prospects. Or Joe, you know, a, kind of a meme of this show is—you know—he thinks that I like Lindgren. I ne- I've never been very high on him as a prospect i i whenever you look at a guy's like prospect highlights real and on youtube and it's just a bunch of hits i have concerns and watching him play and i know that he's done a better job at embracing kind of the sort of player he is and that's a great thing i just i have very modest expectations for what ryan lindgren can be i i hope nothing but the best for you know what he becomes but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what this lineup looks like tomorrow against Tampa because you know Tampa to me is I know they haven't had the, the start they would love but Tampa's roster is just insane I uh, when you talk about teams that have center depth you know Tampa is a team and you you look at how much quality they have throughout the lineup and you look at what the Rangers have, it could be ugly tomorrow, but I hope there's some silver linings with Heedle and and I really, really hope, you know, in the second month of the season, it was an adjustment period for Kako, and we get some more ice time for the second overall pick in the lineup. So, you had brought up Dan Girardi, and I thought I had saw something yesterday. So, according to 
Rick Carpinello of The Athletic, the Rangers are going to do something special for Dan Girardi prior to Tuesday's game against Tampa, and he's also going to be dropping the ceremonial first puck, and then Carp writes, then he'll probably drop down and block it. I like that. That was a good joke by Carp. But yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting reaction for Shattenkirk and... Uh, it's going to be a interesting game to watch, um, and you know if if you're watching the game, make sure you check out you know uh, Blue Shirt Banter for our game thread. Make sure you check out the recap, and make sure the day after you'll uh, you know see some notes on on things, and you know uh, and you know send just in, send in more of your favorite animal kingdom rivalries that we may have missed them. Yeah, seriously, exactly. Like we're gonna we're gonna record you the know the otter and the clam. For instance, the claim that it smashes on its little belly on the rock. This is this is our call for 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 next week's show for people, whether it's me or Joe, and even if Joe decides he wants to come back, I'm like, just you know, fuck you. We got to talk animals again. Um, send in your animal questions uh, using bantering points. You know, a week from now, and uh, we'll 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 get into uh, some zoology, and uh, it'll mean, be I'm, a good I'm time. Better than the average bear at animal bullshit knowledge. I mean. I just grew up watching Animal Planet all the time. Um, but before we go, Tom, I should read the names of our lovely, lovely patrons. Because uh, really, in my head, that was the, he- the heavy lifting I had to do for <laughs> tonight's show. Adam Nahoek, Aiden Gaspar, Alex Gardner, Amriel Kistner, Andre Chicagov, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Bobby Callahan, Captain America, Chris Habibi, Chris Lucas, Chris O'Connor, Clark Kale, Craig Lachlan, Dan Carosi, Dan Zappar, Daniel DeGen. Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Loris, Gabriel Vargas, 50, Igor Zaslavsky, James Dangles, Jeffrey Stein, Jermaine Francis. This person changed their name. Joe, first BSB patron named Joe. Wow, is that WMF39? Son of a bitch, what a move. That's a power move. He, he claimed the name Joe because I gave Joe so much crap about it's like 19 mics and zero Joes. I was a, I was waiting for you to read to go, oh, no Joes again. Well, that person ruined it. Yeah, well. But thank you for being a patron, you know. And especially thank you for, you know what? I like some Team Joe. Team Mike is, you know, Mike's just a mess. John Reppy, Johnny Lowe, Jordan Sassone, Keith Rentrillo, Matt from Brooklyn, Michael Canick, Michael Marcus, Michael Scott, Michael Silvers, there's my boys. Panarin2020, Patrick Landolt, Sammy Vogel, Seidenberg, Stephanie Benvengo, Stieg Bjolbach. Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Rob, The Tin Man, Thomas Osa, Toy from Manhattan, and Trevor Kempner. Thank you all very, very much. It's a good list of good list of names. Still, you know, it's a fine group of people. Team Mike, Team Mike still wins. You know, it'd be great if we get some more Toms in the mix. Uh, yeah, I've I- noticed not a lot of Toms on this list. <laughs> Yeah, and I know, you know, there's some Ranger fans named Tom on Twitter, you there's know. Thomas Osa, you got one Tom. Yes. I don't see but we got Shana's, though. We have one Adam. Terrible work. Is there a Kevin? No, terrible work. Get it together, Kevins. Yeah, get better, people. And you know, especially sub- you. If you're if your name's Kevin and you're listening to the show, get your goddamn act together. Because not only you know you get the 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 you know the pleasure and the warmth of your heart that you're supporting us, but you know, Mike from time to time sends out cool stuff like stickers and mugs and all 
you know, s- kinds of treasures that can be yours for the, you know. I want to, we got to think of something new for merch. I'm thinking about a, a laser pointer because uh, I'm just trying to think of the, the weirdest thing I've gotten from a, uh, like a doctor's office. A doctor's office gave me a complimentary laser pointer, Tom. That, that's interesting. Like, what are you supposed all to do it, with all it? All it does is blind people. It's not a good thing. What kind of doc? Was this just like a regular doctor? It was, uh, it was like an urgent care place. Okay, I was going to say, because like, if it was like an eye doctor, like what are they like? They're subliminally telling you, I need more patients. Go out and take this laser pointer and, you know, uh, miraculously, you know, inconspicuously yeah, blind someone. It's like a dermatologist giving you a poison ivy plant. Um, but yeah, with that, Tom, I think we're going we're gonna to bow out and hop over to Off the Post. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listening. Joe is a well. Sperm whales, squid, dogs and cats, poop. <laughs>